You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Vicki Jacoby continues her mini-series on Mary as a part of our New Testament Characters podcast. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. In Luke chapter 1, we also read about Mary's friendship with Elizabeth. Right in the beginning, when the angel has come to speak to Mary, uh, she sort of got over the shock a little bit. And she's asking the angel in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, um, how will this be that she's going to have a child? And the angel gives her an answer. And part of his answer in verse 36 says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Perhaps looking at this friendship has given me and maybe many of us great encouragement over the years. Because you see Mary, we don't know quite how much younger she is than Elizabeth, but it's definitely a significant generation. And I'm thinking there's a perhaps a 15 to 20 year age gap here because they thought Elizabeth was barren. Again, if we're taking Mary to be, you know, a teen, um, we could possibly be putting Elizabeth in in her late 30s, which I know by today's standards, that's anything but barren. But back then, obviously, Elizabeth had been married for a while and she hadn't had a child. Um, and that's what was being said about her. And it had been an incredible disappointment in Elizabeth's life. Uh, for us today, we're not judged um, by bearing children or having a child. Um, a lot of times people are even more respected for not having a child and pursuing a career. But back then, it was seen as a failing. It was seen as a sense that God was withholding his blessing, that maybe you had done something wrong, you had sinned, um, you were cursed. And there was an incredible feeling of lack of self-worth in, in women who were not able to have children. It never crossed people's minds that perhaps it was something to do with the father. It was always the problem was with the woman. But that's a little bit how society was back then and sometimes can be a little bit like that today. Anyway, we see Mary here talking to the angel and one of the proofs that the angel gives to her is the fact that Elizabeth is already in her sixth month. Um, Perhaps one of the most astounding things is this really heartens Mary. Um, she, it tells us in verse 39 that she gets ready and she hurries off to go and see her her relative. Um, it, it's just an outstanding dynamic between these two relation, these two girls, their relationship. They Obviously, they've got something in common. They're women. They have now been told um, that they're going to have these children. Um, Mary is 
probably completely perplexed and doesn't know what in the world is happening. But she finds out Elizabeth is already further along. And although Elizabeth is older, she just hurries. She can't wait to go and be with Elizabeth. This has really made me think about relationships as women. What do we need? Because clearly God understood that Mary needed Elizabeth and Elizabeth needed Mary. I think so often today we have relationships, but they tend to be people who are the same age. Uh, maybe it's our neighbors who've got children in school. Maybe we're just young teens ourselves. And so it's going to be people that we're in high school or people we're in college with. Um, and we tend to have people who are the same age group, in our same age group or in our same situation in life. Obviously, Mary and Elizabeth, we know their family. We know they're related um, so they obviously knew about each other. But on the other hand, there is this huge age gap, whether it's 15 to 20 years. I think God knows that we as women, we need to have relationships, not just people who are in our same demographic area or our same situation in life or our same part of the world. But we need relationships that are family but I think we also really need a spiritual relationship. That's something that's got, the relationship is going to be held together by a common denominator. And I think of how 1 Corinthians 12, 12 talks about the sense of uh, the church being a body and a family and being able to rejoice together, um, even help each other, support each other through our struggles, that we are a community and we need community. And right from the beginning, when Mary is told what is happening, she goes off to see Elizabeth, her relative, because she understood that this woman was going to get it too. You know, for Mary finding out she was going to be pregnant, she didn't know what that entailed. She wasn't pregnant yet. Um, she's believed what's going to ha happen to her. She's accepted it and nothing's impossible with God. And the faith she has comes from hearing that Elizabeth is having something miraculous and amazing going on and she's just can't wait to go and see her and the enthusiasm the journey that she's willing to make the time that she's willing to take is that she goes off to be with that other female relationship that friendship and I really believe that the foundation for the friendship wasn't just family but it was understanding God's amazing power understanding God's nature, that God could do impossible and amazing things. You know, when we know Mary stays there for about three months, my guess is that Mary is there when John the Baptist is born, that Mary is an incredible help to Elizabeth. But what was she able to learn and glean and figure out and understand what was going to happen to her? Mary and Elizabeth shared spiritual lessons and joys, but they also shared life lessons. And I think it's so often we can get sort of sidetracked or just get tunnel vision and only think I can learn spiritually from this person and I can only learn life lessons from this person. Whereas God really intends for us to have relationships that are younger than us, older than us, more mature, in different parts of the world that we can learn from one another, but we can learn life lessons. Um, you know, Mary was able to learn from Elizabeth. They were together. She's there when John the Baptist is born. And 
what an encouragement that must have been to her when her time came to deliver Jesus. She had already been with Elizabeth. She'd seen what went on. It took away some of the surprise. And we see how God prepares us, but it's through other people. Today, we're in a world where everybody is supposed to be so independent and everyone's trying to just figure everything out for themselves. And we've lost the capacity sometimes as a culture to be able to learn from those who are older than us because it's all about finding your own way. And just, you know, to thy own self be true is so often that motto is that we don't trust, we don't invest. And I just want to think about the relationships that we do have as women is that where is this Mary Elizabeth relationship in my life? Who am I learning from spiritually? Who am I gaining understanding about life? You know, we're married and yes, we've got a husband perhaps if we're married, but do we have another person we can confide in? Are we learning about marriage from somebody else? Because there are different stages and phases we go through. There's the stage when, yes, maybe you're first married and it's learning to communicate. There are challenges when children come along. There are challenges when children are teenagers. Challenges when you they go off to college. Challenges today when they come back from college. And how valuable it is for us if we're not just trying to relearn and rehash out the same things, but to have a relationship where we can find out what to expect when you have a child, when a child goes off to college. There are so many different things that we can learn from one another, but it's only if we put in time and effort as we see Mary going to be with Elizabeth. I think as women, we have to realize that relationships take time. They take effort. They're going to take money. Um, and yet there's something in common with these two women that Mary was willing to, as I call it, like a spiritual genetic material, some kind of spiritual DNA. But there was such a commonality that there was a sense of rejoicing spiritually because they were watching God do amazing things. Their faith was increasing. Their lives were changing drastically. And I can imagine that what a comfort they were to each other to be able to share in that kind of joy. Perhaps, though, you're like me. My children have all left home and I have relationships still with my children. Um, they go through ups and downs. But I'm in a fellowship where I still can be a mom. I need women that I can invest in as well. And so there are lots of women in a congregation, in your congregation, that maybe if you're like me in your 50s, you can be a spiritual mom too. There are other people that we can learn from that perhaps you're just going to college and you're just starting out and you've gone to a new congregation and you're involved in a new ministry, I'd really encourage you, even if you're just in your early 20s, look for a spiritual mom. Look for somebody who has faith, who sees God working, who who's maybe raised her children. Find somebody that can give you spiritual perspective and you can learn from and she can pour herself into. You know, I think that sometimes, you know, we can become very isolated, especially when I'm just going to guess we're in our 50s because the children have gone what feels like a lifelong work. Um, perhaps doesn't feel very rewarding at this stage. I know I found myself at that 
stage in times and the kids have moved away. Our kids sometimes move away emotionally. Sometimes they move away physically. Sometimes they move away spiritually. And we find ourselves with what we believe is so important, perhaps with, as I would call some children, wandering sheep. They've left the fold and it really breaks our heart. But still, you, if you're like me, you poured yourself out to being a mum. You sacrificed, you gave a lot. And at times I know it can feel like it's really not worth it. I just want to say what has really helped me and encouraged me during the ups and downs of being a parent and letting go of children has been to find other young women that I can pour myself into. As I said, I'm in my 50s, but I have some young girls here uh, in the fellowship that I'm a part of. One of them just graduated from college a few months ago, and I've just been involved in her life. She was actually one of the friends of one of my girls, and um she just hadn't really had a mom in her life. Um, circumstances had just caused her mother to perhaps not be able to emotionally connect. And so in a way, I took her under my wing. But now she's like another child. She's just like a daughter to me. And we've built that relationship. And it's so exciting. There are times when she would be studying and she's like, oh, can I just come and spend the night and have a study break? and come and see you and, and catch up. And I could be a mom because I always cook dinner and she would just come, she could have dinner. She just needed to sleep. You know, there's another time when she just needed a place of peace and quiet to study. And I'm like, you can come over and study and you can stay in this room and you're just welcome in the house and come on over at any time. You know, the same as gone. She's from a different culture that doesn't really celebrate Christmas that much. Um, She's now part of our family and she has a Christmas stocking just like everybody else. And, you know, it's so much fun that I've been able to say this is like a spiritual daughter. And I love having her come over. I love being a part of her life and that I'm there when she needs me. And it may be more that I give to her, but it still thrills me that all the things I learned as being a parent, as being a mom, they're still useful and they're so valuable to other people. And I just want to encourage us, find somebody who could be, you know, your little sister or even your daughter, depending on the age gap, and invest, invest in that relationship because it is so rewarding. I think of another friend of mine, she's a little bit older, she's in her late 20s, and it's just been so much fun to spend time with her. One of the ministry leaders in our fellowship asked if I would be willing to be friends with her because she kind of needed a mom. And I'm like, I can do that. Now we only get together once a month. We usually have dinner and we talk about things that are going on. She's in her master's program. Um, I'm actually finishing up a master's program too. And we just share things. Um, I share what I'm learning. She shares what she's learning. She's got an interest in a, uh, a guy, a different relationship. Um, and she just wants to know. But people want to know, what, what was your life like? What was your, when you were boyfriend, girlfriend, you and Doug, and how did those dynamic work? How did, how did you f form a basis of a friendship? And how did you build on that? And although it's years and years ago, it's still really encouraging to be able to say, this still has some value because it was built on godly principles and I can share with these girls. You know, there are so many girls who around today who didn't have both a mother and a father in the house. And 
one of my friends who she, I mean, she, yeah, she's probably 30 years younger than me. It's so good for her to be able to be around Doug, my husband, because she's never been around any men. And it's been good for her to see Doug's relationship with his kids and how he interacts with his daughters and how, uh, you know, what terms of just how they're affectionate with one another because she's never seen or experienced that. And I think we have to understand that as Christian families, Christian parents, we still have lots to offer. And so many people, they've not had the privilege of that. But if we don't get over this age gap and reach up to older people and reach down, when I say down to younger people, I don't mean in a condescending way, but this really gives a richness to our lives. And we realize we've got something to offer. You know, just decide be a big sister or a mother in the faith. You know, if sometimes you find yourself hurting emotionally or just spiritually because of sadness, what's happened with one of your children or maybe more than one, sometimes they're wandering, they're far from the fold, they're not searching for God right now. And I know as a mom that breaks my heart and our children are going to go through hard things, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you were a mom and a great mom and you parented to the best of your ability. Obviously, we all make mistakes, but we did things that we really believe were best and that we have learned and we still have that. We still have that capacity to love, to nurture, to help and encourage. Sometimes just even cooking, sitting down and having a good meal can make all the difference in a young, difference in a young person's life. Um. I just want to say, open up your home. Elizabeth opened up her home. Mary runs over there. She gets to see the dynamic between Zechariah and Elizabeth. She gets to stay with them. She eats with them. She's there to help Elizabeth understand, you know, and learns to understand how this pregnancy can be quite difficult towards the end. But it was amazing to, for them to have that time and to have that dynamic. God knew they needed it. They understood that they needed it and they rejoiced in it. And I think sometimes our joy, a lot of times we are looking for happiness, but joy is a fruit of the spirit. And there was so much joy that it came from the relationship with Mary and Elizabeth. And I know for me, I get a tremendous amount of joy from spiritual relationships, connecting on the, some of the things that are the deepest and most personal and the most meaningful things in my life. Um, being able to share and to rejoice. You know, Mary's song that continues after uh, she's been met by Elizabeth. And it is all about what God has done through the ages and through her life. Um, I can only imagine how encouraged Mary was when she left. And after those three months, she returned home. Um, Elizabeth gets to be with Zechariah then and they named the baby and you know, finally Zechariah gets his voice back and he's able to say that, you know, it's John. His name's going to be John. But could you imagine how if Mary hadn't been with Elizabeth, Zechariah was mute at that point. He was not talking. Elizabeth wouldn't have had anyone to talk to. Could you imagine having three months being in a house in seclusion in the last stage of your pregnancy, having no one to talk to? God knew that Mary would meet a huge need in Elizabeth's life. And they were able to talk because God was working in their life. And it was quite profound what was going on in Zechariah's life too. 
But women, we need to talk. We have to communicate. We have to be able to share our excitement and the thrill and experience things together. So perhaps the challenge from this lesson is for each one of us to have a Mary Elizabeth and an Elizabeth Mary type of relationship, to find somebody who's more mature than us in the face and in life who can teach us things, and to find somebody younger who needs a mum or a big sister. Sometimes, you know, we can just help out. Just giving somebody $20 can make a huge difference in their life. And, you know, that's what mums do. They go out and get them something or they find you something or they give you some food. But it's the time that we have together, that time to connect, understanding that we've got a spiritual DNA, that we need relationships with a strong spiritual base, that understand the mission, the purpose, what the gospel is about. Um, I know for me, I love one of my dear friends, Lynn, so much because we talk so much about the mission and both of us have lived in different parts of the world. And that's very important for me because I enjoy living in the United States, but I'm not American and I'm always thinking about things that are going on in the rest of the world. And having somebody else as a friend who has that perspective, who's concerned about what's happening in different parts of the world, um, that has just been so encouraging. And I think that we need these kinds of relationships so where we can really feel it. it's family, but it's spiritually centered, but we learn life lessons from each other. That we can pick up the phone, but we can grab a cup of tea, grab a coffee. You know, for some of us, sometimes we can work it out just to go on holidays, go on vacations together, to really get that time and invest in a relationship. But it takes effort. It takes sacrifice. It takes moving, sometimes traveling, realizing that there's a huge need for us to have relationships. You know, just think about your relationships. Are they defined by age? Or are they defined by just being family members? Or is it a relationship that's almost been established sometimes in congregations? Well, this person will help you spiritually. And that's very useful, but sometimes it's not necessarily a friend. And I think that's what we really want to make sure is that we have a friend that's like family, that's faithful, that really helps us and inspires us and gives us a sense of rejoicing, a sense of happiness. You know, friends, when someone phones and says, would you like to go somewhere or could we meet up here? Or even can we just run an errand together, sometimes just cook dinner together? If that lifts your heart, lifts your spirit, makes you happy, that's the kind of Mary Elizabeth relationship that we need to have. And that's a true friendship. But it comes by being willing to invest. You know, for us, we've received good news too. Just like these young ladies, these young women did. Well, I'm saying they're young, but young in terms of young parents, Mary and Elizabeth, they got this amazing news that they had to share. They didn't understand their place in history. They didn't understand the significance of everything that was going on, but they understood for the moment that they rejoiced. Sometimes we spend so much time looking to the future or looking back that we don't really live for the moment and enjoy the moment. And that's where I believe we've, we have Mary and Elizabeth relationships that we've invested in, that there are people in our fellowship not that far from us that we may need to travel to see, but we've got this common bond that we're excited about the same thing. 
So Mary is a unique woman. That's one of the things I look at her. I need to grow and be like her. She has this capacity to meet other people's needs and to allow her needs to be met. And I think that's one of the things a lot of times today that we're not so good at in our society is that we either like to be the giver or we like to be the taker and for various reasons. But relationships take give and take. You know, I always think about a relationship with God. It involves talking to God, but it involves listening to God. And I think that we need Mary and Elizabeth relationships that are going to involve talking and listening. It goes both ways that we can help each other, that age doesn't mean, oh, I'm the younger one, therefore I have to listen. I think Elizabeth learned from Mary as well. She couldn't understand how she was going to be, uh, that Mary would make that time. Another thing has just always hit me is that there was no sense in Elizabeth of jealousy or thinking it wasn't fair that Mary, who was so much younger, was not go was going to also have a birth of a child at a young age, but she was also going to have the Messiah. Elizabeth understood that. And she's not saying, oh, why? This isn't fair. How come God picked you instead of me? There isn't this comparison going on. Today's society, today's world, there's so often everything's compared. You've probably found it sometimes if you're a parent, your child gets compared to another person's child. Even within our own families, comparing one child to another child, it's not a healthy thing. And I think today we need to look at the blessings God has given us in each relationship or each child and be grateful for the individual things and not compare. You know, I know for me years ago, uh, when my children were young, I always knew my oldest child was definitely very gifted. And it's so easy for parents to compare when does your child start walking or talking or reading or doing this in math or getting elevated into this class or put in a gifted program or something else? Um, and children get compared. They're either compared academically or perhaps they're compared in the realm of sports. Well, my oldest child really, James, for James, sports was not, that was not his forte. But he excelled academically. But there were times when I found that it would cause problems with other women because there's that sense in us where we compare. He was never going to be a soccer star, but somebody else's child was. And we've got to learn to rejoice with that person for what their child is great at doing, not feel like, why is it fair that my child isn't very good at sports? Or why is it my child is delayed in reading? Or why is my child not progressing and getting into this higher class? Or why does your child get these grades and he doesn't even work for them? all these things, that becomes a worldly kind of basis in which we make comparisons. And I think we've got to make sure we put that apart and look at the dynamic between Mary and Elizabeth. There was no comparison. It was one of support, one of rejoicing in the other person's good news. And I think that takes a maturity, but it also takes having the heart of Mary and the heart of Elizabeth. And I hope that this podcast can just help us think about the relationships that we have, but also seek to have relationships, to have a Mary Elizabeth and Elizabeth Mary dynamic. We hope you enjoyed Vicki's teaching on Mary. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. 
You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.